Hey everybody, it's Greg from the podcast. I just wanted to drop a little bit of a PSA on you uh, for this upcoming interview that you're about to hear with us at No Hope Records uh, in Philadelphia. Just a few things. Number one, there was an air conditioner running for the first three or five minutes of the interview that was completely out of our control. So you're going to hear some background noise for that part. Um, it does turn off just a couple minutes in and the rest goes smooth. And also you're going to hear some points of the interview where it peaks really high. So I apologize in advance to headphone wearers for this interview because not only are we laugh but we're screaming and having a great time because those dudes were so fun to be around. So thank you to Sean and Shane for having us at uh, the No Hope offices. We really appreciate it, and we hope you enjoy this interview. Oh, and by the way, we spoiled the living shit out of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, so you've been warned. But thank you, everybody, and enjoy the interview. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, this is The Insides, and you're listening to We Podcast, and We Know Things. Hi, I'm JT from Hawthorne Heights, and you're listening to We Podcast, and We Know Things. <laughs> Look at Yo, this is Ace. This is Nick from the Lumberyard Recording, Recording, and you are listening to We Podcast, and We Know Things. Ooh. We <laughs> Fish and chips. <laughs> Fish and chips. <laughs> Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me, as almost always, the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matoro. Yes, Greg, we are in good old South Philly. And yes, we are in South Philly, and we are joined by a, a couple of special guests today for this awesome bonus episode. We've been looking forward to bringing you this one for a long time. Uh, we're joined today by the owner of No Hope Records, right here in the heart of Philadelphia, surrounded by some of the best venues in the city, Sean Dorsey, and as a matter of fact, we've been joined by a returning guest uh, i believe our first returning guest shane henderson of valencia thank you so much for coming and por of course appreciate you guys coming back thank you for taking the time to be with us today uh, thanks for having me and if you guys remembered from the shane interview that we did talking about no hope records which is what por is on right now now we are in the heart of it we're here uh, on location which is really cool um to, to talk to Sean, one of the owners of No Hope, and, and uh, to have Shane here is a pleasure, so we appreciate that. But we're going to jump right into it today. And, uh, you know, Sean, for you specifically, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, so I grew up in Northeast Philly, um, playing music, met guys like Shane and uh, some of the other guys from Valencia early on, um, probably like in high school, um, playing in the same music scene. Um, so I've been doing that for a while. Um, we started No Hope in 2015, um, and I've been doing it ever since. So coming on three years now, or is it is it past uh, three years? We're, we're, uh, we're like two and a half right now. It was late 2015, okay. cool. and we did our first release actually in 2016. So. And, and what year did you join the label? 2016. Yeah, cool. right. The right first early on. first release I think was yeah, 2017. So technically, our second release was a POR record. Awesome. What was the first release? Uh, JD's Self Help Me Project. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, for your musical background, the way we look at interviews is like a superhero origin story. Everybody <laughs> deserves one. Uh, so let's talk about your background specifically with music. Uh, when did you start playing yourself? As we see a couple of guitars over there in the corner, and also what bands helped shape your love for music? Um, I started playing. I started playing drums when I was probably like eight or nine. That only lasted maybe like a year. And my parents were like, nah. <laughs> um, started playing guitar around 10. Um, did a little bit of lessons early on. But um, around the same year, I started going to grade school with uh, JD and George from Valencia. And we started a band. Um, I think we were 11, the first band wow. that we started. Do you remember the name? Oh, man, we had so many names back then. <laughs> I, think, I think the first version of, of that band was called, like, Point Blank. Nice. Okay. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. You usually hear some, like, out there ones from bands. We, yeah. We've heard some well, tough I remember we used to change the name all the time. The same, same three guys, we would change the name constantly because yeah. we would... We would find another band on online that was called the same thing, yep. and we would be like, "Oh man, like we can't like if when we make it, we're gonna get sued." <laughs> the uh, the so MySpace we change our name. The pure volume in MySpace days. Uh, this was even before that. Really, this was like late nineties. Oh wow, that's um, awesome. But like uh, in terms of what shaped musically, I have a sister who's ten years older than me, so early on that 
um, played a big influence uh, with Nirvana and Pearl Jam, STP. that kind of stuff. Yeah, all that grunge stuff. Um, I remember she got Dookie, Green Day's Dookie. It's first or best album, first record was I ever kind bought. Kind of a game changer from there. When I started going to school with JD and George, um, George was a big uh, shaper in, in what I listened to. Uh, George would, George had like a knack for finding finding bands uh, on the, the early yeah. internet days, and he would be like, yo, check out Lagwagon or whatever. Uh, so he, he played a big influence, and then um, when I discovered like, uh, comp records that was a big one it's mm-hmm. so, like those early uh like punkorama cds yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> just get yeah. i got into a lot of bands that way yeah um, but yeah and then kind of once the myspace pure volume all that kind of stuff did come around um that was that was definitely a big help in getting into more like independent music. Um, I actually remember George sending me an mp3.com link for Punchline yeah. and being like, you need to check this band out. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, awesome. But yeah, that that's kind of... That's even before the old... I got into a lot of bands from like the World Tour demos. Yeah, Every yeah. Every year they'd bring out those demos. God, right. I got into a million bands from that. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to Warped Tour just to hand out your CD in the parking lot. Kind of thing. Oh, yeah, we heard just, about that. Just, just giving it away? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, like, go like to Warped Tour CD? and just uh, have, like, like a uh, compact burn, disc? burn like, CDs yeah. and just, like, give them to people in the parking lot. Not even sell them. Just <laughs> give them out for free. Yeah, Shane actually told us that story in his interview of, uh, you, you said you had a good good thing going with your label at the time they let you sell them for, like, a buck a piece or something like that. Yeah, they gave oh, us yeah. a deal just to get them in people's hands. So, I mean, neither of us were making money yeah. on it. but <laughs> Just to get out but, there. But we wanted it to, like, you know, take advantage of being on Warp Tour and having thousands and yeah. thousands of people there that have never heard your band. So it's like, screw it. Let's sell yeah. it for a dollar and just get it in people's hands. Like, yeah. who cares? You don't like, see that sale anymore. It's not like we're going to make money off it if it's $10 anyways. So right. it's like... Yeah. It's you kind of I mean? you're kind of right. Eat the profits. I mean, like we we kind of think the same thing. We uh, I mean, even we, like like the mugs, magnets. Like we knew like we're bu- basically buying stuff. We're gonna hand most of it yeah, out, especially to our guests from, and stuff like you that. Know, you think of it in terms of growing your yeah. whatever you're doing. So it's like you gotta spend money to make money. Yeah, simple well, as that. It's it's also making fans. Yep. Yeah, uh, and we have someone that's free gonna, someone that's gonna be attached be- to it. For when you a while, believe in, so. in what you're doing and you have something that you believe in what you're doing, you're you trust in it so you're willing to put it out there for that low amount or for free or whatever because you know that it's probably gonna people are gonna like it so or you hope people are gonna like it at least right i mean you you want you don't necessarily just want the one one time sale you want someone that's gonna yeah come to keep going to shows and keep buying stuff in the future and, and develop an attachment to whatever the project is and usually if someone hands you a record like that you're always gonna remember like oh this guy remember when i got to meet the band they then you guys maybe yeah. blew up in a couple of years, and it's, be it's funny. I actually think like a lot, a lot of people had such a close and have such a close attachment to a band like Valencia because of those sort of interactions. Yeah. I mean, we were at a wedding a couple weeks ago. One of our friends that everyone became friends with through Valencia. Oh wow! So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, you don't really see that. No. Um, necessarily with with everything that you're you're into uh in terms of a band but when you have those kind of special interactions it's yeah. not just a cd sale mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's not just a band yeah, it's, it's a long um it's a person and a, like right. a message yeah. and someone that you can get behind and I, I, th- I think that's kind of what what made the whole scene that we're a part of kind of different and also made it last as long as it has it's like you started friends. Now you guys are family now. Yeah, That's but awesome. even even that that relationship with with other bands. I mean, you still see everyone still get along and and hang out and still be friends and mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I, I think it just that kind of interaction just made this whole scene different than yeah. than just a typical music experience. That's awesome. Now, besides Point Blank, did you have any <laughs> other bands that you were in or? <laughs> And now for the and, uh, and the yeah. folks that don't know Point Blank <laughs> are there that you can find them on tour with uh, I think Guns yeah. N' Roses. <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was part of a couple other bands that that band had a 
probably like 15 different names anyway. But uh, I was in a band in high school called Parkview. Um, I did did a couple things, uh, just kind of. You guys need your Parkview playing in bars and stuff after after college, but uh, nothing. Were nothing you the singer? Super serious, just guitar. Just guitar. Okay. Little little backing. Parkview was to, like in the area we grew up. Like all the local bands, like we're like, wow, this band's really good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> People getting jealous. So, yeah. so you played at Sweeney's a couple times. Yeah. I knew it. Everybody from Summerton has to play at Sweeney's. Yes. That's amazing. Now they started charging a cover. Saddlemeyer oh, was in Parkview, right? Yeah. So Mark? <laughs> Probably has no idea what talking about him. I, I asked Shane a similar question when we had him on the episode, but, uh, you know, it's a different it, – this is almost like a different perspective now that you are on the other side of it. And I know you've had some you know, production and all that stuff, experience doing that. But in your seat, especially now, what does the Philadelphia music scene mean to you? Because it's huge. It's out there. It's n- globally known for gosh sakes. We're in a huge city for music. What does it mean to you? Um, it, means, it, it means a lot. And it's, it's – especially being from here, seeing what's going on with Philly and how big it is. Um, it, it's a, it's a cool place to be and cool place to be a part of, especially now with the way things have evolved over time. Uh, when we were growing up, we mostly played shows in the suburbs, like VFW halls, fire halls, that kind of stuff. Um, there wasn't a whole lot going on in the city at the time. Um, but to see it now as it's evolved and all the venues, of, of all different sizes and the amount of people that are a part of it and actively going to shows and just kind of see how the whole thing has evolved in in that way um it's really cool and it's really special but also to see the amount of artists coming out of here across all kinds of genres i mean punk stuff emo stuff indie uh the folk rock scene um all that kind of stuff and I love that here it's all kind of blended together too. Um, one of the things I loved, like early 2000s kind of stuff, was we would go to shows and you would have a hardcore band, a pop punk band, and like some dude with an acoustic guitar <laughs> trying to be Chris Carabba. <laughs> but like my point is, my we've point all been is, there. <laughs> my point is just that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hashtag promise of redemption. Otherwise, you'd see my. Wasn't a knock on Chris Corral. I love Dash. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, Twin, Fork, Twin Forks is well, actually fantastic. Yeah, too, my point. Raise is... your hand out there if you cried to a dashboard song. <laughs> my In point... case you can't see it, all four hands are raised. <laughs> my point is more just that, like, it's not. It wasn't just a. Uh, uh, a a show bill that just everything was the same, same kind of music. And I, I think we see a lot of that again now with, um, especially in this city with the, the different kind of artists and styles that are coming out of here. Now your record label is almost around for almost three years. Mm-hmm. What inspired you to start No Hope Records? Um, honestly, I was working in nine to five that I really hated <laughs> and wanted to like get back into <laughs> Uh, Seems like that's how it happens. A music yeah. track, a lot and, of times, uh, yeah. And I knew like uh, that playing and touring and that kind of stuff wasn't for me, um, skill wise or like the ability, <laughs> the ability to do it at this point in my life. And it just kind of seemed like uh, something that I could do to um, be involved in music that I would enjoy and could also use like the the things that I, um, the skill set that I kind of developed post, uh, school kind of thing. Um, I was also a really big fan of labels as growing up. Um, just kind of getting into one band and then diving into the label, uh, roster kind of from there. I loved kind of how you would be a fan of a label and you basically just trust what they put yeah. out i mean the internet was was young so uh we weren't listening to like whole albums or whatever on the on the internet it basically a label would be like okay we're putting out whatever record and you're like all right i'm gonna buy it and hope yeah. for the best yeah that's how i actually uh it's funny because i found 
yellow card through that. I just was, I was listening to, I don't even know where I was, but I heard October Nights come on and they didn't really release October Nights to that point. Uh. And so I thought it was Rufio. So I go into Hot Topic and I go buy a Rufio record, perhaps I suppose, never heard of him, never did anything, just went up, paid my $6,000, I think that's what they charged for him, (laughs) and went home and I was like, I didn't even look at the back. I thought it was like an unknown bonus track or something and I put it on I was like, where the hell is, like, where is this song? And then I found out it wasn't even that. Rufi- but I love Rufio, Rufio because a great of it. Band. Loved Rufio because yeah. of it. So that flips on stage. <laughs> Crazy shit. That's like for me, like well, you just like your experience, like drive through records. Like I loved early November, and then I just started yeah. like starting line homegrown, just kinda went down the list. Yeah. Oh, you dropped homegrown? Nice, good for you. First one, I came, first one I came Twenty years, never heard you say those two words you back to back. You miss me. And and actually that's I was Gigantic fan of Homegrown. Yeah, still, I'm, I awesome. still, I kind of I mean, still. Everything, like everything, gigantic, like everything with Drive Through was still at that, that time. time. And and I loved. Well, that's kind of. Adam has a new band that's really good. I don't know this. Continue. Um, I <laughs> never remember the name yeah. though. Damn it! <laughs> if only we had uh, smartphones. Like most important part uh, of the story, I'm missing. So <laughs> do your research. Uh, yeah, we'll put it in the episode description. We'll Google it and we'll put it. We'll put a link to them in the description. What's the name of Adam from Homegrown's new? Alexa, are we? Do we have an Alexa in the? Room? Oh, no. no. Uh, it's it's funny. I was actually going to ask this a few questions from now, but I'll just dive into it uh, right now. This is an incredibly vague question, so follow <laughs> me. Follow me. I promise you, we're going somewhere. Okay. Okay. Um, what do you look for in an artist for your label? Before you answer, yeah. before you answer, the reason I ask is because there's a ton of variety on your on your label. There's, uh-huh. a, there's almost no two acts that sound the same. Yeah. Um, with that being said, for example, with like early drive through, you knew exactly what you were getting. I think once you got into one band, you're like, okay, cool. Alistair is kind of punkish <laughs> and I know exactly that I'm going to get there. And then they started going somewhere with like Hello Goodbye and Genoa later on in, in, in the record's existence or the label's existence. But you kind of knew exactly what you're getting. You offer a bunch of different sounds. Um, I, th- I think that, um, well, for one, I don't look for anything specific Mm -hmm. there's not there's not some sort of template that i'm looking for um it's just kind of you just kind of get a feel for whatever the artist is and and honestly i just have to kind of like fall in love with it because i mean i want to love everything that we're putting out um i'm as i become as attached to these records as the bands um, and the people who who are writing them, and I mean, we just try to work our ass off for for everyone that we work with. So, if I'm gonna put that sort of uh, commitment into something, I want to make sure that I I love it as well. But I mean, to your point about like drive through, um, I think back then it was a little different. Um, they they pretty much did have a template and a and a plan for everything, uh, like that you could, you, it was more like you could put something on a, on a track and know roughly where it was, how it was going to go. The industry doesn't really work like that anymore. Um, it's entirely different, which is a good thing. Yeah. It's, it's a, a good, great, it's a really it's a great good thing. thing. Um, but <clears throat> it's, it's different in that, like, I don't think that you can, you can necessarily, uh, at least on an, on an, on a smaller independent level, look for and do something like what drive through did back then, or even like, like a vagrant or whatever it is. I, I think it just, it just changed, but yeah, I think, I think everyone's better off for that. I think when the industry kind of broke in the late two thousands, um, as as rough as that was on some people, like I think it opened up an avenue for more independent labels to be a part of uh, everything. And I think that it also allowed people who think of things a little bit differently to kind of do their thing and carve their own kind of space. So mm. um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's good that there's not a template yeah. to fit every everything into. Now, since like you don't have a template now, do people like bands just send you songs, or do you go out looking for bands? Or uh, it's both. I mean, I get I get um, demo submissions pretty regularly. Um, I go to a lot of shows, so I'm I'm looking for stuff that way. Um, and then 
We're also, I mean, I'll, I'll look for stuff on the internet. I think, uh, I think Bandcamp is pretty cool, especially with the, great. with the tags and stuff. You can kind of surf around that way. Um, I probably actively looked for things more so when we started off. I mean, now we're at the point where we're getting like a lot of, um, friends of bands that we worked with or like friends of friends that are kind of like referring stuff. Um, so there's, there's less of just like going on the internet and being and looking for stuff, but I'm also, I'm also never, never in really a position where I'm like, I have to sign something and I have to do something. I don't really try to operate that way either. Yeah. So well, Sam kind of alluded to it, but your your demo policy states that you want bands to send you high quality MP3 links as opposed to attachments or mm-hmm. physical media. Is that do you not allow people to give you physical media either? Is it just no? You, know, you, can, give you, me, you can give me a CD, so they can mail, mail you whatever. You yeah, that, I mean, I don't really see much of that gotcha. anymore, yeah. just because every, like the internet's so prevalent now. Yeah, um, and everyone, I mean. It wouldn't make sense if you weren't utilizing the internet mm-hmm. to get your releases out, regardless of the level of your band. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, that that more is just a please don't send me attachments because <laughs> I don't want your fire. <laughs> uh, well, you, you heard it here. <laughs> Links and then. Yeah. Did, uh, but if you like, if you want to give me a CD at a show, like I'm, I'm down. What if somebody sends you a Bitly though, like a shorter link where you don't actually know if it's a link to a virus? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna delete yeah, that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so good clean links, I d- no Bitly. I, I got a guy who's he emailed me probably like three times in three weeks, attachments to like his record, and he just like kept sending it to me. I assumed because he was like, "Why haven't you got back to me?" But I was like. I'm not going to open this. That's for public. Dude. Just send me a CD like, to my well, PO it, box. It says please. it right on your website. I know. That's the thing. Like, if you want, I if mean, you if you cared enough, you'd look at the website <laughs> yeah. to where that goes. But you you are an owner, but you're not the only owner of mm-hmm. No Hope Records. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So JD uh, JD Perry, um, who is also in Valencia, is a co-owner, um, and he's also one of our artists. He has a project called Self Help Me, that is kind of a bluesy folk. Um, kind of project, but with JD's own little twist on, on both of those things. Um, we grew up and went to grade school together, um, and have been friends ever since. Um, and in 2015, when I was kind of tossing around the idea to, um, to do, to start the label, JD was working on it wasn't called self help me at the time. It's just like using his name, mm-hmm. but, uh, he was working on, on, um, his own solo project and he was living in DC at the time, I believe. And he was up here, uh, visiting and we were just having beers and I just kind of threw it out. Like you want to do a solo thing. Uh, I've been looking to start this. Why don't we kind of, do it together and that's basically how it started how did the name no hope come up um i so i, I get asked that a lot um because <laughs> there's just no hope <laughs> a, a lot of people uh assume you know the color morale yeah um they have a they have a record called no hope and a lot of people assume it's from that i had never heard of that band uh, when i started this i saw no hope on a um flash sheet in a tattoo shop on the wall and I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. That's where we found we podcast and other things. It was yeah. on a wall. If, if you watch Game of Thrones, that's literally where <laughs> yeah, we, we were a Game of Thrones yeah. reference yeah. in podcast yeah. form. I was like, it's funny. We actually had a band last weekend on called Heavy Things from Ohio on. And yeah, we were talking, I'm, I'm familiar. They're amazing yeah. dudes, just amazing dudes. And uh, we were like, well, how did you get the name Heavy Things? And there's a John Mayer record. Oh. named heavy things yeah. and he was like i promise it's not that <laughs> so john mayer i'm a huge yeah, fan of yeah, he covers yeah. it. i love john mayer but that's not where it's from so, so i get it you don't you know you probably had the idea before the concept almost the i like the grandeur this is what i want it to look like but not the framework i guess i should say yeah it's 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 funny like i had the I was thinking about starting the label and like tossing some stuff in my head and and playing with different names and whatnot and just like when i saw it i was like oh that like that's it that's yeah. 
I'm putting you on That's the spot. Cool. Can, do you remember any of the reject names that you that you were tossing around? Not off the top of oh, my head. Shucks. Tried. I, I maybe it, it might be in like my files. Over there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like Working in progress. An old like uh, old uh, like notebook or something. Yeah. Who was like the first artist you and JD signed? <clears throat> JD. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, when we started, it was uh, it was kind of we knew like that would be the the first release. Outside of that, it was Shane. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. He's over there like <laughs> just smiling. <laughs> yep. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Promise of Redemption was. Uh, that that first POR record that we did came out probably like a month after that uh, JD's uh, Self Help Me project released. Um, and that record will be two years old, like next week, I yeah. think. Uh, wow. Yeah, but yeah, July we started 26th. talking to Shane about doing that record shortly after we started. Um, he, he was writing that record and kind of uh, sent it to us, reach out to us and about uh about doing it and then we jumped on it right away yeah it was funny because i think you sent me 36 songs wow <laughs> like, so you got the next record already done three records <laughs> yeah man we about lp9 this will cover so. me till about 2025 i'm good <laughs> awesome hit me up later that's yeah, crazy he hit us up and was like i'm i'm writing i want to i want to do a record soon uh i'll send you some stuff and i opened up that email and I was like whoa this is a lot of it's like, stuff it's like next time just send me like 1 to 12 <laughs> yeah that's crazy now this while this question is for you Shane it's a little bit for you as well uh, we've had 24 musicians on the show now one of them twice uh, across 15 different music related interviews but uh-huh. none of them that were in the position that you are I kind of alluded to that earlier uh, we are getting a different perspective today but in your opinions what is it like for a band to kind of find their home on a label especially a local label? Um, I don't, I guess we're local in the sense that, uh, we've done a lot of stuff like Philly centric. Um, don't try to really look at us that way. And we have more stuff from, from all over now, but, uh, the overall point of the question, I guess, um, I guess you kind of just need to find, uh, someone or or a team of people that are that are in, as invested in your music as you are, and that are that are gonna fight for you um, and do basically everything that they can to um, to grow your band and your music. Uh, and that's that's kind of like what I set out to do. You hear a lot of a lot of shitty stories about label experiences, uh, especially in the era that we were, we kind of formulated in, in music. Um, you hear a lot of horror stories. Storyline um, wrote a record about it. Yeah. So. Uh, that, that then got pushed, Based. that got pushed by a label yep. for like three years. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. <clears throat> yeah. So there's, there's no like, like huge secret to, to any of it. I guess it's more more just uh, doing everything that you can um, for your artists, and sometimes that that doesn't mean immediate money. Mm-hmm. That's there's a slow and steady path. Uh, everything's different, but uh, I just try to be in everyone's corner corner that I work with. And I mean, I th- I think that I think Shane will tell you that that's probably the biggest the biggest thing in terms of working with a label. Yeah, I mean. Trust is the biggest thing when you when I think of like going to someone like Sean compared to someone maybe I don't know yeah. or like maybe a big like a major label or a bigger label in that sense of like having a lot of bands. Um, you're it. There's like a lot of fear in going to a label that you don't know. You know you 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 know they want to sign you because they've offered you a deal, yeah. but like you don't really know what their intentions are or like if they're going to push you like yeah. to the extent that you're like dreaming that they will. Yeah. I'm speaking in, <laughs> yes, in re- reference to a certain label, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> no hope records. No, I'm no, kidding. No, I'm, <laughs> kidding. No. I'm kidding. Um, but there was just like this fear of like getting lost in the shuffle and knowing that your, your baby, your like 
what you spent the last year of your life and like put your entire like life story into this album and it like means it means more to you than like it will to anyone else yeah, you know what i mean like especially a record like that i'm referring to but when you're giving that up to a label to put out and you want your art to affect people in a positive way and that, I mean, that's the real reason you're an artist anyways, yeah. right? Is to, number one, love what you're doing, be passionate about what you're doing because you love doing it and yeah. brings you positive energy. But number two, because it helps other people too. Yeah. And like, especially with music, when you, when you notice what it does for people, if you are lucky enough to write a song that helps someone, then it's like the most amazing feeling in the world to see yeah. them react that way to something you did, like you built with your own hands and per se, you know? So Going to a label that you don't know versus going to a label where you can trust that they're going to have your back and like push you along and not get stagnant with their ideas or their marketing or like whatever, then there's a big, a big bonus to going a little bit smaller, but like with someone like Sean, who's like passionate and is going to work as hard as you are. Like that really, like what he said is like true. It's like. He works as hard as I do and cares as much as I do and, like, invests his, like, emotion into it. It's not just, like, how can I make money for this label? It's like, it's like you're investing let's, your let's life put out this. some, like, really good shit yeah. and see where it goes. And, like, I think art in general is, like, if you put out a good song or a good album, it's going to speak for itself yeah. half the time. I mean, you look, look at some of the bands, like, um, who's a good example of this? The Wonder Years, right? The Wonder Years are killing it they're selling out venues all across the country and they have no radio airplay this was all they went to a label like hopeless who built them slow and steady and it was an organic fan base and now they have now look at them yeah you know other bands that i could mention like back in the day like had an album that did really well and then where'd they go they they disappeared and we had a you know speaking of horror stories we had um jesse kinch on the podcast and he won, was it the... Uh, ABC's Rising Star. So it's like, after you win, you get like a record deal. Right. So when you went in, they're like, okay, you know, these guys are going to write this song, this way. You whoa, 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 that's, that's not, walk, how I, that's not my out. music. You know, they can try to control you. And that's, I can see why, you know, you don't want to go to the major He labels. walked out, got in a plane, and did his own thing now. So, I mean, yeah. Columbia was like pretty good to us in the sense of giving us creative freedom. That mm-hmm. was cool. But it was the marketing aspect and yeah. the business aspect of it that I kind of just was hoping we would have a little bit more influence in. And I mean, it happens, you know, I mean, you hear this a million times over from bands that get signed to a major label that aren't like at a multi-platinum level, you know, they're like kind of right in there in the middle and like trying to work their way up. But I mean, that, that was a weird time. It was a very weird time for music. But like, like when, like we were only the second 360 deal on Columbia records. I think Hmm. the first band was Paramore. They're a good company. <laughs> they're um, like when I was talking about like when and when everything broke and like more indie labels, uh, kind of were able to find their way in when when things changed. I think you'll also you also saw a lot of the people that are that are involved on the label side in in the independent scene. We're we're in it and doing the same thing that the artists are doing. Like I I didn't I didn't get into this because I thought there was going to be a lot of money yeah, in it. Right. Uh, if I if I if that was my motive, I probably <laughs> would have just stayed in my nine to five. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I'm doing I'm doing this because I'm passionate about it and I want to pursue things that I'm passionate about, not necessarily pursue money or fame or like what any whatever. Like so. I'm literally doing this for the same reasons that he's doing music, you know? And I think you, you, you see that at a, a pretty much any like indie label or, or people that are doing startup in this little scene that we're. Yeah. And I mean, earlier, part of. earlier when I said local, I think indie was the word I was kind of looking for, Yeah, yeah. but I, I look at this a lot like shark tank and that's weird, but it, I well, feel like that passion that I yeah. sunk $200,000, my parents put another mortgage on their house just so I could make this yeah. pen holder. And you're like, holy shit. And Mark Cuban's like, uh, yeah, I gotcha. Uh-huh. That's like this whole kind of risk reward. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, in terms of local, like it's kind of, it also, being in Philadelphia here and now with everything that's here and going on, like it's it's easy to just, to like be a part of that. And a lot of it ended up 
being Philly-centric early on. Um, mostly just because of we're here and mm-hmm. so much was going on. But uh, through all through what we've done so far, we've been able to uh, kind of branch out and do whatever. But yeah, um, it, <laughs> it there's definitely like a risk-reward um, and it's a little scary i'm starting any business is is that but uh one that fluctuates like the music industry it Mm -hmm. can definitely um be a little daunting but well to help minimize that kind of risk piece of it how long do you generally spend with a an artist or a band before you're ready to make that commitment um it varies some like if it's more of an established like, like when I started working with Shane, well, one, we both knew Shane forever, but like there's a history there and there's, uh, there's already an established fan base, uh, essentially two established fan bases in your case. Um, so they bleed into each other, but, um, so that was more of a like, yeah, we're going to do this. Um, sometimes it takes, it takes some more research and getting to know the band or the artist um there's no I, I can't give you an answer in terms of uh this is how it's done every time yeah, oh sure I'm absolutely it, i'm sure it, every band's different yeah it, it varies around and sometimes if if it's if it's a band that is kind of outside the my general uh group or whatever then I want to spend some more time and get to know them, get to know them more and kind of see what their goals are and um, make sure that every every band is going to say like, oh, we want to tour, we're going to tour, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. And then it, it, it's it's a different thing to, to do it sure. than yeah, say absolutely. it. And a lot of bands, especially younger ones i mean when they get out there and do that and your first tour you're playing to like five kids in fucking arkansas or something, <laughs> something like that sure uh i mean it really makes you it, question your path yeah <laughs> it, it, can that can you. that can yeah. be rough so yeah. i i but like if, <laughs> oh. I, I don't want to in, invest in that band and then have find out like you find out like this isn't for you yeah, yeah. so yeah it, it it varies around but um, you look like you have something to say. No, uh, <laughs> no. Did it ever happen to you where you walked out and kind of looked like nope, and walked back out? Ever have something like that? Where like, like you know, do you mean like in a venue? Yeah, yeah. Like you know, maybe you're an open and dogs there. I'm there <laughs> playing music. <laughs> <laughs> like, how was, I don't give a shit. I'll make this a practice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how was Rock the Truck? Right, it was great. Yeah, it was awesome. It man. was uh, May nineteenth, I think it was. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. We raised some good money. Yeah. And the Race show was great. Three grand for a play on the three. the kids who played the strings on the Valencia songs were really cool. That's cool. That's, yeah. that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. There was a videographer there, and he did uh, like a twenty five minute documentary on the whole thing. Is it on YouTube or uh, coming to? It, it's going to be okay. out in a couple weeks. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, we just saw like the it's first cool. edit the other that's day. Awesome. It's, it's really cool. That's really pretty exciting. moving. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's really exciting. It was a good turnout. It was a good good night. Everyone sounded great, and yeah. Some of you guys maybe do annually, or does that so? Okay, that's awesome. turn into yeah. Cole's going to do it annually. And, Actually, uh, I think I'm going to help him. Yeah, probably. Shane every year. That's awesome. Shane's going to say a part of it, and um, I think the label's going to say a part of it as well. Hopefully, that's great. Uh, now we talked about Self Help Me being the first band you guys brought on, but let's talk a little bit about the latest. Who's been the latest? Uh, I guess addition to the No Hope family. Uh, are you talking about postseason? I am. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know that. I, yeah, I, I have some some stuff in the works that's, yeah. that's not out oh, there. Oh no, I would I wouldn't know um, about that. No, 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 nothing like that. Nothing. Uh, like that. Yeah. So we signed postseason. Uh, probably uh, over a year ago, mm-hmm. but um, it took a little bit of time for. For everything to come together. But you uh, just made the announcement, what, a month or two ago? Yeah, so we wanted to make sure... Um, I like to m- make sure that I have dates kind of firmed up. And mm-hmm. I don't want to throw... 
I don't necessarily like to throw stuff out there like, hey, we signed a band without having new music sure. for you to check oh, that's out. That's smart. That's smart, yeah. Um, yeah, if, if I have your attention, I want to yeah. yeah. give you something while I have it. July but, uh, 13th, I think? Yep. Yeah, so July 13th. It, it took some. It took a little bit of time for that to come together. Uh, just in The album was done, but they hadn't really put together the artwork, um, so we had to kind of work on that. They're spread all over the country. Um, there's two guys that live in LA, one in Philly, one in Baltimore, and one in um, Johnstown, Central PA. Wow. Um, yeah, so uh, three that, different time zones. That yeah. dynamic made made kind of pulling it all together a little tough. Yeah. Uh, on top of that, their drummer is in a band called Sharp Tooth, hmm. um, hardcore band. They're actually on Warp Tour all summer. Um, but him being busy with that made it, made it, uh, a little challenging, but yeah. So we announced that I, I want to say back in like early May, Mayish, I think yeah. it was, yeah. And now, that's July 13th. Yeah. So now what's that feeling like for you is, I know you said you don't want to put something out there before there's maybe accompanying music or something like mm-hmm. that, but you have to have that feeling of eight months, 10 months, whatever it is, <laughs> of just sitting on this announcement. Yeah. What's that feeling like for you? Um, you get kind of anxious and it you, you like want it to move along but i also don't want to rush anyone yeah. either because um especially a thing like like artwork uh for an album like to me it's as important to the record as the actual music um and i don't want to tell anyone how to represent mm-hmm. yeah. their music in that way um but also that Working with a band that has five members, they also have a manager, um, as opposed to like say working with Shane on a on a record. Like that's one on one. We can kind of move things along quicker. When there's six people plus me, mm-hmm. that there's it. It can take a little little longer to all kind of get in one direction. Just just because everyone's constantly throwing out ideas, and it's not it's not a bad thing, but just kind of need to formulate a way and sometimes that can that can take a little longer mm-hmm. yeah i know you have on your website where you can pre-order their their new album mm-hmm. i think it was 10 songs like there's you said there was three different vinyls you get the cd shirt package mm-hmm. which i got yeah there's three variants uh the cds um a couple shirt options uh yeah so that's been up for pre-order and then when we walked in, you kind of said it was like Pokemon, like the starting thing? Yeah, so they did uh, the first uh, 151 orders, which I guess is a number, number for yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I have to leave now, because <laughs> yeah. I feel so bad that I love that at 30. Um, so they, the guys are really into, <laughs> into Pokemon, so they did um, an alternate cover for, uh, for each uh, variant. In the first 151 orders, we'll get that alternate cover. Um, That's awesome, though. It, it's it's it's, mo- it's pretty much like an like an art print. Yeah, yeah. It just goes in the sleeve. But yeah, it's it's a little yeah. it's, it's a little something different yeah. for. Well, there's for 806 guys. now, so uh, <laughs> if they want to be legitimate, they could they could extend that out for the next couple hundred orders. Yeah, I have to pack those orders. So. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> we'll cross that idea. <laughs> Never mind. Um, so you kind of alluded to it now, where you can pick. You pre-ordered the the postseason yeah. record. Let's talk about where you thank can, you for that. <laughs> let's talk about where you can find it. Plug social media and your website and all that good stuff. Uh, our website is uh, nohoperecords.com. That's K-N-O-W. Yep. I was going <laughs> to um, do it if you didn't. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, No Hope Records. Um, yeah. Awesome. And then you can get to our store from our website. That's nohoperecords.com limitedrun.com there you go uh so last question before we transition into uh what makes us us the nerdy podcast that we are um but let's think about this last question like an open mic at your favorite comedy club anything else that you want to tell the listeners out there that we didn't cover feel free to cover now um yeah just want to check out our our artists we have um a couple new artists and new records to announce uh coming soon um we have a busy second half of this yeah, year and exciting uh pretty much in the next 12 months we have about 
14 or 15 records lined up. So we're going to be pretty awesome. busy. Uh, and only eight well, of them are POR records, apparently. Yeah, that, 36 got, tracks. Got 36. <laughs> I, got a, I got a quadruple vinyl. Oh, wow. Awesome. Oh, With man. the first 400 Pokemon. 49 songs. <laughs> it's going to cost me a fortune. <laughs> um, yeah. Limited pressing. Yeah. He's like shaking in his boots. We have some, <laughs> some tour dates coming up soon. Um, yeah, I'm hitting the road in August. Oh! Uh, I'm going to do a we'll little TV run. It's not announced yet. We'll be announcing that the first soon. Know. As, long as, you, as long as you're here in Philly, it showed up. August fine. 24th in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hasn't been announced, but it will be. <laughs> we'll hold off on releasing this episode. <laughs> no, you can. You can. Uh, all right, cool. I don't care. Po- awesome. Postseason's heading out in September as awesome. well. Um, Hopefully they come to also s- Philly. Sleepy Limbs <laughs> will be out uh, a couple times in the fall. And yeah, we... Uh, I'm hitting the studio. Yeah, Shane will be in the studio probably right after a tour awesome um, a little bit before and then right after yeah we'll probably be looking i'm already demoing like home demo new por maybe like early 2019 another 90 songs coming <laughs> your way <I'm> ready. <laughs> J- jd's in the studio uh he'll have a record um probably later this year sick um yeah so we have a busy busy time coming up so just keep your your ears peeled and We'll be doing cool stuff. I know it's funny, too. We talked about it before we went on, but I had no idea that Triangle had, you know, when we talk about, when we talk about, we, we just had Punchline on the show, and we were like, holy yeah. shit, like, had no idea that this dude was all over the place, yeah. so. Yeah, Trev, Trev is in, uh. 47 bands? <laughs> yeah, 48. 37, because, because of Punchline. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 30, 37 <laughs> bands, there you go, it's everywhere. I, I, is there somewhere in a room that's 37? Chris will, Chris will love that you, that you yeah. came back to that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, let's transition, uh, you know. From our time with Shane, we already know that that you, what you like. So let's feel free to come back to that too. Uh, TV, film, gaming—any recommendations you have for us that we need to check out? Um, I, I'm into I'm into TV. I don't I don't game like I used to. That's okay. All right. You have a uh, Super Mario ringtone, but but the, what the what the hell do I? Got? Yeah. Um, yeah. I I I do Netflix, but I'm kind of I. I binge within Netflix, but I also binge Netflix. Yeah. So I'll like six months on, six months off. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So uh, I I haven't really been checking out what's on there now. I I need to, but um, Glow season two yesterday. Love that show. I'm a big fan of uh, right now. Animal Kingdom oh, on TNT. It's so good. I, I know. We were I talking know. about that, wasn't it? Oh my god, is we that, worked yeah, on yeah. that. Is that with Scott still Speedman? Have... I think he's in that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the shirt talking about. And, uh, yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> Den- if Dennis you've ever been to Oceanside, California, yeah. Yeah. that show is real. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there. Oh, man. Uh, every time I see them like on the strand, I'm like, oh, I wish I was on the strand. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's another freaky looking show. Yeah. And the cancer got canceled, right? Animal Kingdom? No, 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 no. I think they're on their last season, I think. Animal Kingdom? I, th- I think. They're on oh, their last season, wrong. too. I could be wrong. No, it's three, three? but it just yeah. I could be wrong. Dennis Leary just joined the cast. Yeah. Well, they probably brought him in to kind of buff up their ratings a little bit. <laughs> I don't know why their ratings are bad. It's a great show. I still gotta it's, watch it. It's, it's weird. Like, I think it was a Australian show that they... Like made adapted for here. Yeah, B- uh, BBC does that all the time. It, yeah, it's shows weird that uh, yeah. Fox canceled the Mick. I know. Oh, yeah. A lot like, of they canceled yeah, a ton so of stuff. Mad. Well, I mean, she's like, "Well, okay, go back to Always Sunny." <laughs> well, we talked a lot about it's Always Sunny NBC and the Mick on our pick episode. It up. They already picked up. They're, I was going to say there, there's going to be something with a lot of shows that are getting canceled. Like Lucifer gets canceled and gets picked up by Netflix. Netflix. The streaming services nowadays are just going to oh, pick yeah. up everything that has that cult following. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if like Veronica Mars makes a comeback <laughs> on a. Stream- yeah, I'm, I'm the same boat. I'm just saying, same there's boat. a show I can Man, think Netflix of. Netflix has some bad stuff, though. Yeah. Sometimes well, they have, you come, oh, yeah, you come sure. across yeah. some like shit. They have so like, much stuff. That's right. Why is this on here? <laughs> like. <laughs> It makes it gives me hope that my five minute film I made in college that is not that kind of, not that kind of film. No, <laughs> Sam no. was the star of it. No. You didn't hear about this before. I, I hope no one ever makes the. I made a movie in college for um, this thing called Campus Movie Fest, and I wrote it, directed it, edited it, and everything. Except for starring it, because I left that to my buddy Sam here. It's called Love at First Slice. If I told you, love <laughs> don't it, even look it up. If I told you, Love at First Slice was a movie. What type of genre? Pizza. Pizza. Ah, see, that's what I had in my mind, but a lot of people thought horror. 
It was a, they thought it was going to be like a slasher film where the guy falls in love with the victim. And now that I'm thinking back on that, I'm like, shit, I should have done that it. That was a better idea. But my parents own a deli, so I went with Slice of Lunch Meat. Uh, oh. So it's about a guy at a, at a deli who falls in love with one of the customers. And to try and tell a story in five minutes, I think about it like a song, trying to tell a story in just a couple minutes. I think it turned out pretty well. Yeah, it, this guy it, it, uh, was a great, great actor. Yeah. We, we, we got to like the semifinals, so we I did. don't care. We, we, uh, we won an award for People's Choice, and we got to the semifinals where we would have made it to LA for the premiere. Nice. Yeah, but it didn't happen. The the film that won was sick. It was called Silent But Deadly and it was about mimes that are in the... Mimes that fart? (laughs) (laughs) They were in the... Again, looking back on it, damn it, we had a great idea. That was about mimes in the mob that killed people, which was... It's the band name and the album. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those... That was the death with Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, if, oh, I hope someone steals that for a game. <laughs> so we we talked a lot about it's always sunny. Did you know that the premiere date got announced for the new season? No, I did not. September fourth oh, at ten o'clock, soon. season seven. You'll be on. You'll be on tour though. You will. I will be. be. You'll be on tour. So. It's on FXXX. Good thing we have a thing called the internet. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's probably how you're hearing this. A good show I can recommend on Netflix. I always recommend is Peaky Blinders. I don't know if you ever I've watched that it. show. Mm-hmm. It's a show so, from so, Britain no. that came uh, out here. Cool. It's on BBC. Yeah, it's funny how how often that that happens. Oh, an, an, another Netflix one. I don't know when the new season comes out, but it's pretty into uh, Ozarks. Ozarks. Oh, I, oh, I heard yeah, that was great. Really, really uh, Greg. Uh, I don't know. I watched Lost in Space instead. I was going to do that it's one. Like when Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. I was going to say Greg Bateman. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, Jason And he, he, he can be funny. He can do drama. Oh, yeah, he does good. everything yeah. really good. Yeah. I, Wasn't he in... Um, oh, God. When Will Smith has powers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what the hell was that movie called? Hancock. Hancock. Thank Uh-oh. you. I, I cannot Never help solid. but just picture him in Arrested Development every time. Yeah, every time. Every time I hear him talk. I hear him picturing... Talking to his son, and I just either that or he was hilarious in the first horrible bosses. Second yeah, one was a little wacky, one, but the yeah. first one was hilarious. Since we talked, a show that it's really captured my attention on Netflix is called Safe. Oh, uh, that's one like I've been meaning to check out. Yeah, it's really really good. Yet. Michael yeah. C. Hall, um, Dexter for all those who don't oh, know, yeah. he he has a distracting British accent during it. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's it's basically a show about his daughter getting kidnapped, or so you think. It's just a super good mystery. Safe. Safe, super easy to watch. I, I took up, I took you up on Red Oaks. Yes, I got through that shit so fast, dude. That's it was awesome. so good. That honestly, I yeah. plug Red Oaks all the time, yes. and you're the first person to give me feedback. <laughs> I'm eternally grateful I for that. It. It's Check so out Peaky Blinders. Yeah, I, I think will. that's just as good. Watch it with some. Goliath season two's out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my there's, god, there's too much stuff out. Like you know, I know Luke Cage season two just dropped. I'm like, there's too much time. <laughs> not yeah, there's not enough time. They can't keep up with it. Exactly. So for Jurassic World, yeah, I did. We just did our impressions this morning. I was a little disappointed. Me too. I, I saw the podcast. I was like, I think it's their worst one. And I, I was did, like, I even I people say too. three, and I like three. I actually did too. I, I I'm, 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 I'm glad I'm not the only one. I haven't seen it. But I, I, I tell you what, I saw still, someone online say like they were pretty disappointed because there's like a lot of dinosaurs dying, and I was like, that's oh, my that's point. Not, that's <laughs> I didn't want to give it away. Uh, like the opening what? scene, you're like, there's like, what the fuck? I'm here for the dinosaurs, not these idiots. Like. The fire's going everywhere, and you see the bronchiosaurus. <laughs> you see, <laughs> and it just God. is like dude, the people, fire engulfs the island, and you're this. just sitting in your movie seat, like people were next. What? They killed the dinosaurs. People were next. No, you're just like the kids are in the theater, like why are they doing this? And it's like everybody's just like. You see the T-Rex under the helicopter just being oh. blown out, and you're like, not again. As long as you go to San Diego. Oh, shit. Here we go again. It, it, the ending was like, oh, you see like the pterodactyls or whatever, the freak flying above in, in, in Vegas. It's like, oh, that's how the third one ended, that they were already in the wild. So yeah. to me, it's like, I don't know. They, like, I was hoping that themselves. they had found a way to make their way to the States. When, when I said just that, living I amongst people <laughs> peacefully. They did that already. Whoopi Goldberg was in a movie spoil, about that. Spoiler alert. In Oh, I will. <laughs> Don't worry. In the beginning of this episode, I, I didn't know I was opening, put, opening minor up spoilers. Up. Minor spoilers. Yeah. And uh, no, also, farting. I'm just, I'm just, farting in glass boxes. <laughs> I'm just glad you agreed that that you killed was the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to give a warning for people wearing headphones for this. One. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you're off the charts. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's I don't okay. have headphones. It's just great. That's I just okay. I had to take them off. I'm very passionate about dinosaurs. So, so why? That's why I left. I felt like I was like. 
damn it, like I should have loved this you movie left? more. Like you no, walked no, out. No, oh. after it was over. I should have been a character for the like dinosaur advocacy group. In the movie. <laughs> I, I totally would have been perfect for it. I have to look this up now. I have to show you this from the nineties. It's a Whoopi Goldberg dinosaur movie. Uh, let's see, what's it called? Sounds, sounds <laughs> terrible. I Theodore Rex. That's so funny. You've never seen Theodore oh. Rex? Oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. Dude, from like your local like pharmacy oh that God. rented yeah, yeah. videos in the 90s? That's where you, I was. Wait, is it me from Dinosaurs? The... Yes. It's, yeah. He's not, but I thought so. Yeah. That show kicked ass. That was. Except for the finale. Um, <laughs> except for the finale. <laughs> not the mama. No. <laughs> nice. Where they all die. Do you know how that show ends with the Big Bang? No. Yeah, I dude. No I was oh, in, really? So I was oh, in college. Okay, show. I was in college. Again? And when I was in college, I had this phase <laughs> of like. Can't catch a fucking <laughs> Like, the, I was in college. I had a phase of like collecting DVDs. It's since shifted to like Blu rays and stuff. I have like a ridiculous collection. But I'm walking through Best Buy. I see Dinosaurs, the complete series, oh. for like 20 bucks. Oh, so I, I picked did, it up, oh, right? Yes. I go back to my dorm that. room. Yeah. I go back to my dorm room. Sorry, and I Mom, put I'm it not on. going to class for you. <laughs> I binge it, right? And my roommate, who I didn't know at the time, my only roommate that I never knew before we lived together, and he's like, what the fuck are you watching? So I was like, dude, you never heard of the show? Then get the fuck out and invite people that have, bring some dominoes. So I'm watching it, and there's a scene. It's so fucked up, because you think that's a, sh- a children's show, right? So there's a scene at the end where they find out that the meteor's coming, and the newscaster that does oh, I it... I remember this. He, the newscaster that says it, they cut over to the co-host, and when they cut back to him, you just see his tail swinging because he hangs himself. Instead of the big bang. Oh my god! I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is this that I'm watching? Yeah, that's so it was, it was insane. I did not think it was headed there. No, <laughs> nobody did, and I'm wow. like, that baby is not going to live to see adolescence. I, I swear to God, I always pictured the dad as Carl from Family Matters. Every single time, like, every I single time. Like, you're not the only I could one. Not yeah. do it. You're I don't not know the why. only one. <laughs> I just called him Carl. Now, if memory serves me right, we had a pretty lengthy Star Wars discussion, right? Or Game of Thrones. Game, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Sam Sorry. was not there for that. I love. I did not necessarily care for season seven so much. The, the latest season all right, uh, with all the time jumpy stuff. Sam's a big defender of it. The show's coming to an end. It's the last season. They just I'm had to just cram in a whole bunch of stoked stuff. Stoked on the yeah. White right? Walkers, man. Just, Thank you. There's six episodes left. You guys are gonna bitch and complain. Oh, he he ran. Seven miles. I'm more upset. Seven. I don't know. Seven run. I'm more. Aren't upset. they also setting themselves up for like some sort of spinoff of five? Well, they always so far. They just announced the one. HBO ordered one for this. a pilot order. So so far, there's only one yeah, that's actually. There's, there's one. I heard. I that. Know, I, no, I don't even know which one. There will be spinoff. What spinoff? Who, who's spinoff? I don't think. I don't think they said. Uh, George R. R. is writing, but this was way it, before Game of Thrones. It's t- like tens of thousands okay. of years before the uh, characters okay. that we know. Uh, so we have no idea what period so my, of characters. Yeah, okay. um, apparently, it's going to be like the. Uh, how the White Walkers came to be and stuff like yeah. that, which is interesting. I yeah. like that because I hope they win. That's just my thought. Right. I'd love the White Walkers to take the take the throne there. Like I've said it before, my perfect ending is the Night King sitting on the Iron Throne. It turns to ice around him, and then the camera zooms in on his eye and goes to black. That's like the ending that I want for that show. If it happens, you know. I just, want, the, I just want Daenerys to kick some ass. That's, yeah, that's yeah, all I want. That's you guys my girl. are good. That's my girl. I'm not a good that's guy person. I want the villain to win. I want her and Jon <laughs> Snow to just like tear shit up, man. Oh, they will. And that's the cool thing. Like the next six episodes, they're going to be an hour and a half During long. Movies. I'm yeah, so movies. upset they pushed it back, though. Like I was like, <laughs> try having a podcast about it. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. A- anyway, guys, thank you so much, Shane, for coming back on the yeah, show. Sean, I'm sure nobody gets that confused uh, <laughs> for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. One more time, where can we find you on social media and on the internet? Uh, NoHopeRecords.com, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at uh, NoHopeRecords. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, thank support you. Support indie music. Yeah. Always support indie music. This has been a very special bonus episode of We Podcast, and we know things. We will see you next week for episode 98. Let's go get a cheesesteak. <laughs> I'm starving. <laughs>
Did you know the ESO Network has a brand new Patreon? That's right. We're asking for your help, and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. Don't fret. All your favorite shows will still be available for free as always. But you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is go to ESOPodcast.com and click on the link. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Thank you.